The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. I don't know about y'all, but uh, this time of the year, oftentimes, I mean, it's very common for, for so many of us where our hearts and our mem memories kind of run, race, race back to, I don't know, childhood or growing up. And one of my fondest memories uh, as a child, and I know my parents are watching on live stream, they watch on live stream, so they'll probably get it, uh, was just growing up. We grew up, uh, when I was a little child, second grade, seventh grade, we, we grew up in Perrysburg, Ohio, which was rather far, far away near Toledo, away from the vast majority of our family that was in Atlanta and in Florida. And I remember as a, a little second grader, when I'd get news from my parents that uh, my grandparents were coming from Florida to visit. You see, my grandparents, uh, we, they had names, nicknames, because there were like 65 grandchildren, and the oldest grandchild couldn't say grandmother and grandfather, so she called them Deary and Bapa, so it stuck for all 65 of us. So it's a very fond name for our grandparents, and God rest their soul, I, I pray that their reward is great in heaven. But I remember getting news from my parents, especially in second grade there, and at oftentimes, even this time of the year, you know, a few weeks down the road, we had, we had snow, we were up there for the blizzard of 76, where you had drifts going all the way up to your driveway, and snow forts, and sledding, and just all kinds of fun. But at times, you find yourself in the house, with the heaters going, and the fire going, and all that. But I remember getting news from my parents that my grandparents, Deary and Papa, were coming to our home, for Christmas or for Advent. And as a second grader, I love them so much and I used to love going down to Florida and spending time with them. So what I would do, when I knew the time was close, it was getting close, I used to love to go to the window and watch. I'd be like watching, is that them? Is that them? Are they coming? And then when they arrived, it was kinda like, yeah, I'd come running out. And then we had a tradition in our family and my parents, hopefully they're probably laughing now, but it was a beautiful tradition. Whenever cousins came over, because we had a lot of cousins, or family members came in, we had a tradition where when they came over, right when they left, and we had kind of a long driveway, we had a long driveway, and it didn't matter where we were, in Florida or whatever, when someone in our family was leaving, all the little ones, all the kids, would run with them and wave. So we kind of run and wave all the way until they got so far away that they couldn't see us anymore. We'd just be like waving, you know? And so why do I, why do I kind of mention this about the idea of, 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 of watching? There's something beautiful in the childlike simplicity of a desire to watch, a desire of anticipation. Our beloved Lord in the gospel today, our beloved Lord in the gospel today, he closes with watch, watch. Now there's two ways to watch. We can watch in fear that someone coming to break into our house, right? 
Or we can watch in excitement and anticipation of someone who's coming who loves us and who wants to be part of our lives and has gone on a journey and we can't wait for them to get back. St. Paul in the second reading was trying to encourage those first Christians when he said, God is faithful. God is faithful. They were waiting, those first Christians were waiting, waiting for Jesus to come on that cloud of glory that the apostles talked about. They thought it was gonna happen in their lifetime. And when they all started dying off, they figured it wasn't gonna happen in their lifetime, so they started writing things down, which we have today. The letters of St. Paul, the Gospels. That was when they all started dying off. But they had a desire to, 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 to watch. Our older brothers and sisters, of the Jewish faith. If you talk to any of your friends of the Jewish faith, I've mentioned before, I've got an uncle, my uncle Steve's Jewish. At the Seder meal or the Passover meal, if you talk to them, they'll tell you that they leave a plate, a setting, and a chair available for who? The Messiah. The Messiah. Our older brothers and sisters of the covenant they're waiting, they're watching, and they do that actively every Passover, and Passover for us is the Easter season, leading up right before Easter Sunday. So to watch. But I don't think it's enough just to watch. To have an anticipation of this beloved guest to come to our home, but we know that because it's that time of year. We not only watch and wait and anticipate those who we love to come back home, like the mother that I talked to the other day whose daughter's been studying abroad in Europe for a whole semester. They're so excited about her coming home this Wednesday. That's exciting. They're not just watching to see if the plane flight is good, if she's gonna make all our connections. No, they're making room for her. They're preparing the home for her. They're wrapping presents for her. That's why this season of Advent, what I'd like to propose for you and for me and for everybody online is a very, very simple theme. Two words. Sometimes the little kids catch on to this and they like the letter stuff, like two letters, give me two letters. That's really easy to write down. And they can write it down. Two letters, M-R. If you want two letters to sum up this season and a way to live this season of anticipation, which it is, M-R, make room, make room. Make room for Jesus, he's coming. To watch, yes, to anticipate, yes, but make room so when he arrives, it's like, here you go, here's your room. Here's, this is it. I've wrapped all these presents under the tree for you. See, my act of virtue here and my act of kindness here and what I did for others here. Here it is, Jesus, unwrap it because that's what he wants. It was beautiful in our school mass. We had our school mass this past Wednesday and it's so angelic to hear all those children sing. They sing with just such joy, such love, such love for Jesus. And we had our school, school mass and we have... I could be mistaken on this, but I'm gonna take a stab at it, but I believe we have the largest school in the diocese. 650 some odd children, kindergarten through fifth grade. There may be some that are kind of close to it or beyond it, 
but very few, but it's an amazing gift. And we have a school mass on Wednesdays and the kids came and I introduced the theme to them, make room. And then it's a little easier with the kids mass to kind of go around and how might you make room this, this, this Advent? Out of the mouths of babes, out of, out of the hearts of little children, it was beautiful to see one child, she raised her hand and she said, well, I can make room for Jesus on Sunday by just going, going to mass with my family. Going to mass and going to Jesus's house, going to God's house. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. And it, it happens, it's not finger wagging, it's not pointing things out, but we do have a lot of work in church to go out, over the, out after those who maybe it's been quite some time since they've come to mass or come to church. So the next young student that I called on, you know, little boy raised his hand, and I said to him, I said, how might you make room for Jesus this Christmas? And he said, without a microphone, and I didn't say the whole thing that he said, but he said to me, and it was rather kind of sad in a way, he said, well, Father, if my family doesn't go to church, what I can do is I can go home and I can, we can designate, designate a room in the house and make the, uh, that room in the house our chapel for Jesus. And I was like, boom, blew me away. So just to the rest of the kids, I said, wow, yeah, here's another one, make room for Jesus. Go home and make a chapel in your home. We receive Jesus in our heart, but maybe if you go home, you little ones, take a side of the room, you got a Christmas tree, you got everything, make a little chapel, make a little prayer room, make a little special place for Jesus. Obviously it's a manger scene or different things, but a place to praise the family. Was walking around a little more and asked another child, how might you make room? And one raised their hand and say, I can make room by uh, making room for another uh, a classmate of mine to come play with my friend group. I'm blessed with a lot of friends and we always swing on the swings and stuff like that, but I think I can make room by maybe getting off the swing and letting them join me and swing with us. I was like, dang. Then no joke, I'm not making this up. The next kid, hey, how might you make room? And that child says, well, you know, sometimes um, uh, friends in our class, in our school, they're having a hard time, Father, and it's hard to carry their cross. I can help a friend who's down, who's down and feeling sad carry their cross. It's like, dang. And then some children, it takes time to process. Others, it takes time to process. And it was so beautiful. Later in the day, I get a text from a mom. She sends me this text and said, I just picked up my child at carpool. And my child told me about make room for Jesus as their theme. And my child looked at me with a smile and says, mommy, I am going to receive my first Holy Communion this year. I think the best way I can make room for Jesus is to go to confession. Can I do my first confession? Wow, these are little ones watching in the window, just watching, anticipating because of what you're teaching them, of what we're able to do, whether in the school or whether we're here, what we're able to do to, to point people to Jesus, to say God is faithful. And we can all in different ways make room. How might I make room in my profession to do my work with excellence? How might I make room for Jesus in my home, 
by finding a way to do something kind or a kind word or a sacrifice hidden for my spouse or to do my chores as a child? How might I make, make room if I'm a young adult in the city and I'm here working and I don't have a lot of family around here but I've got a lot of friends and we do stuff? Can I be attentive and listen to somebody's heart who may be open to the truth of the gospel and tell them about Jesus and invite them to a young adult event? How might I make room for Jesus, maybe taking a little pause and a visit to Jesus in the church or the chapel or opening my Bible in prayer around the dinner table? And I'll close with this. At a wedding this past Friday, and I came walking over early for it, and I saw a parishioner of ours who's very, 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 very famous. He's famous. And if I mention his name, everybody knows how famous he is. But I'm not gonna mention his name because he's very, very famous. And he's famous. And he's known. And he's got something important. And there I was coming over and I ran into this person who's very, 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 very famous. And I said, hey, what you doing? And he said to me, I just finished my day. And I'm not gonna tell you what he did with his day because then I'd tell you how famous he is. But he said, I just finished my day. And I'm driving home from my day's work. And I decided to stop off and see Jesus in the chapel, Father. Man, it was the best 10 minutes, 15 minutes of my day just to sit with him. Just to sit with Jesus. Father, just to make room for Jesus. Amen.